Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported. That means we truly depend on you in order to bring this resource to you. If you don't already support us financially, you could do so. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. You'll see our three friendly yellow buttons there. One says donate. The other says join our crew. The other says become a patron. Click on one of them and fill that out. If you'd like to support us the traditional way, you can make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith and send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And let me thank you for your support. We truly cannot do what we are doing here without it. It's time for another edition of Fighting for the Faith. Friday, May 31st, 2019. going to switch it up a little bit today. It's been a while since we've done this. I'm kind of excited. What are we doing, you ask? Well, hang on, you'll find out. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Roseborough. I am your servant in Jesus Christ. And this is the program that dishes up a daily dose of biblical discernment, the goal of which, help you to think biblically, help you to think critically, and help you to slow down, stop, open up your Bible and compare. Compare what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. No shortage of crazy things being said out there. And we take the time to compare and contrast what the most popular pastors, preachers, teachers, conference speakers, self-proclaimed prophets, prophetesses, self-appointed apostles, and apostolettes, and those generally put forward by the evangelical industrial complex as those whom we need to be listening to, whose books apparently we need to be buying, and whose small group curricula we should be studying instead of the Word of God. Yeah, weird how that works. Over and again, we demonstrate that the steady diet of doctrine that is put forward for consumption by the evan- uh, average evangelical is not biblical, far from it. Far from biblical, far from what God's Word says, and there's just a whole lot of ear-tickling and scratching going on out there, and uh, we're trying to Cure the problem of biblical illiteracy. Yeah, and you may be suffering from that. And so listening to Fighting for the Faith uh, will uh, aid you in uh, working towards biblical literacy and a proper understanding of the Scriptures, rightly dividing the Word of God, law, and gospel, and understanding that the Scriptures point to Jesus. Yeah, not to today's so-called Christian megastars. Yeah. So uh, it's been a while since we've done this, but uh, my good friend Stephen Kozar, uh, you know, over the past few months has launched his own website. He, you know, he started off, I can say I knew him when he started off, uh, you know, w- uh, with a blog on the Pirate Christian uh, website. He still helps us and, uh, you know, works with us with the uh, Museum of Idolatry. But his website now is themessedupchurch.com. The MessedUpChurch.com. We'll put a link up to it with today's episode of Fighting for the Faith. And what Steve has done for us in the past is that uh, he's reached out to different people and interviewed them, and then we've played them here at Fighting for the Faith. And today he has done that for us as well. 
he has interviewed a fellow you've probably never heard of. And uh, in fact, I had him text me <laughs> this fellow's bio and what it is that I'm supposed to say about him because I've never heard of him. But let me kind of set it up this way. If you uh, think of Lindsay Davis, Lindsay Davis was a gal who was attending Hogwarts. Uh, you know, some call it the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. And the, uh, the, 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 the documentary, uh, The American Gospel, you know, really opened her eyes you know, through the use of God's word in it, to that she was being deceived. And and so uh, the American gospel has had an impact with other people around the world. And one of them is this fellow by the name of Trevor Parmentier. Uh, Trevor Parmentier. And Trevor is a fellow who is, well, somewhat closely associated with the man who apparently spiritually glows in the dark, and that's Todd White, you know, kind of, uh, evangelicalism's, you know, currently rising megastar, who's as phony as baloney as you get, uh, because you know he's he's the guy who goes out there and lengthens legs and calls it miracles and stuff like that. And so here here's what uh, Steve gave me to tell you about his about Trevor. And what we'll do is we'll play uh, that interview to, uh, for you today between uh, Steve Kozar and Trevor uh, Parmentier. And here it says Trevor lives in the uh, Dallas area. And he was a big Todd White follower and even spent time instructing Todd's daughter in dance. Since Trevor is a professional hip-hop dance instructor who works with young people, that's, that's his, uh, his um, vocation, God started to show him the serious flaws in Todd White's teaching, especially after he watched the American Gospel. Trevor contacted Brandon Kimber. The, Brandon Kimber is the fellow responsible for that documentary. And uh, and then shortly after that, he became friends with uh, Brandon Kimber as well as Steve Kozar through Brandon. Uh, so Trevor decided to get uh, to try to get Todd White to watch the American Gospel movie by giving him a DVD in person, and was even able to get a personal letter from Costi Hind that lovingly confronted Todd about his false teaching. Trevor held out hope that his friendly relationship with Todd would lead to an honest discussion about theology, but instead, after his attempt to help Todd hear a clear gospel presentation, everything changed and Todd White showed his dark side. Todd angrily destroyed the DVD and the letter and vowed to double down on his signs and wonders uh, slash new apostolic reformation teaching. Trevor has uh, made the difficult decision to go public with his story in the hopes that more people will see what kind of man Todd White really is. Keep Trevor in your prayers, as this will uh, adversarially affect his friendships and career contacts. So that's uh, that's uh, the uh, introduction to uh, Trevor uh, Parmentier, and um, this should be an interesting interview. So let's get to it. Here is Stephen Kozar of the Messed Up Church and his interview with Trevor. Okay, I am on the phone right now with Trevor Parmentier. Hi, Trevor. Hey, Steve. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Looking forward to talking. Well, this is, has been a long time coming. I'm actually trying to remember when we first spoke. I think it's been about three months, maybe even four months. Yeah, uh, about three, three, four months. Yeah. That's right. So what we're going to do is uh, kind of retell your story, your relationship to Todd White, and you, you know, you have some things that you want to 
express for the purpose that we both agree is a good purpose, although I really uh, – I know you're – you know, we're both trying to figure out how can we go about this in a way that doesn't come across as vindictive and nasty and all that stuff. Um, but Todd White is a huge, huge influence, and he needs to be held accountable. He needs to be carefully examined, and if there's something about him that isn't quite right, both theologically and in his – you know, just the way he handles people – that's that's a red flag, and um, not to get on a tangent right off the bat, but this is one of my big tangents. People love their famous people, you know. They love their their uh, their superstars. They tend to everybody tends to veer towards their favorite guy, their favorite person, pastor, writer, TV personality, or whatever. And um, we almost never really see these people one-on-one. We almost never get to talk to them one-on-one. And even then, if we do, it's like at a book signing, you know? Yeah. Or like if you want to talk to uh, Bill Johnson, for instance, if you go on the Bethel website, there's a frequently asked questions section. And one of them is, I want to talk to Bill Johnson. How do I go about that? And it says, you can't. But if you come to church... You can uh, possibly meet him after the service if you come forward, you know, if he's if he's going to take the time to meet people. You know, and even in those settings, it's a little bit, you know, stiff and you have a limited amount of time and these people tend to be kind of protected and all that stuff. But you got behind the scenes, basically, is what I'm saying. You got behind the scenes one-on-one. How did that come about? Yeah, so, you know, before I say anything about Todd and my experience with him, I definitely want to express that I know that me coming out and sharing some things is definitely going to offend some people and hurt his family and people that I've known through him. And that's not my intention, like you said, Steve. I just really want to share some things that I feel like need to be brought to light um, in response to what he's teaching and how he runs his ministry. Mm -hmm. But I uh, first first met – First met Todd through a, a ministry that I was working with, and his uh, oldest daughter was is a part of that ministry. And so through those connections, uh, he ended up coming and visiting with some of us. And I first met him, and he uh, looked at me after talking a little bit and said, Hey, I need to pray for your back, man. Pray for your neck. So I sat in a chair, and at this time, I've seen all his videos. I've been so inspired by Todd White to – go and pray for everyone and believing that you know all suffering all sickness is from the devil you know we are our job as christians is to crush the devil as he would you know beat hell up and for me seeing todd white like in person just it was like meeting michael jordan it it was i was starstruck so excited and so when he wanted to pray for me i'm like oh man here we go so he sat me in a chair and you know he pulled my legs out and measured them out and my left leg was shorter than my right and i had i've always dealt with back pain uh just you know here and there i'm a very active person so my body gets beat up but he started to interrupt you tell everybody what you do yeah so i'm a professional hip-hop dancer and choreographer and i travel the states and travel internationally as well and i teach teach dance so this is a kind of a fun thing that I got to meet him through a dance gig that I had. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I was hoping, man, if he prays for me, I'm going to be able to dance better than I ever have before because I have, I'll have a perfect body. So he prays for me and, um, 
I remember feeling super hot, like I was about to pass out, which really scared me. Hmm. He talks about that with like the fire of God, and I thought maybe that was it. Um, but as he prayed for me, I, I was almost like skeptical. I'm like thinking, okay, maybe maybe this whole lake trick thing is really a trick. It's not really real. But as he prayed for me, I felt and saw my leg grow out. I could feel it from the back of my hips, like actually something moving. Hmm. And I stood up. I bent down and all the pain seemed to just vanish. I was shocked. But, you know, in hindsight, you can see that that is a parlor trick. You, it's been very documented and you can look up his videos of how he manipulates the leg. He pulls it out. I mean, it's so obvious. But at the time, I fell for it and I didn't see it in hmm. person. And so, you know, I want to interrupt you because there's a, aspect of that whole leg lengthening thing that I was the guy in um, in Brandon's movie uh, kind of commenting on the videos where it really looks like what he's doing is not making the one leg get longer, but he's making the other leg get shorter by just pivoting the heel. Um, but your experience is similar to my own wife's experience that she had. She did go to a Todd White thing once and met him and stuff, but this wasn't a Todd White specifically, but a very similar type of meeting where she was actually the one doing the ministry. She had been given that um, kind of role as somebody who had this prophetic gift that could heal people. And she doesn't know to this day what really happened, but she pretty much feels like I saw the leg grow. I didn't do anything. She didn't even know about the trick. And um, this is where we have to say, I think um, something like, you know, whatever happened, the doctrine behind the person teaching is more important than whether a miracle is real or fake or psychosomatic or demonic. We just don't know sometimes. That's that's where I kind of wind up landing because otherwise I think it's possible to, to say to someone who had a very real experience, to them anyway, at the least to them it's very real. And who knows, maybe it was real. So we, yeah. And we wind up saying to them, no, what happened was this. And they're like, hey, sorry, I don't want to listen to you anymore because you're rejecting what I saw happen in real life, you know. So your story, um, I don't feel like I even or even you need to say exactly what it was that really happened. Yeah. Just yeah. as an aside. That's right. That's right. And I feel like maybe the fact that I have experienced that and I still come away with it believing that Todd White is a false teacher. I feel like add some validity to that because it's not about, like you said, the miracles or the, you know, the parent healings. It's really about the doctrine and the theology behind these teachers, specifically Todd. And it's very unbiblical, a lot of the things that he teaches. Right. So uh, as far as my, so after that experience with Todd, uh, ironically, two weeks, maybe a month later, I threw my back out completely and couldn't walk and the word got around and Todd found out so he ended up giving me a call and uh for, you know I remember him calling me and I'm like this so stoked I'm in so much pain I'm like oh my gosh Todd White is calling me this is this is crazy I have his phone number and you know, he answers I uh, answer the phone and we start talking a little bit and he starts to pray over my leg and he tells me to go sit, you know, on a, on a chair. So my legs can grow out again. And 
he prayed for maybe like five minutes. He kept going back and forth and nothing happened. And I just kind of find it interesting that, you know, in person, when he's able to possibly manipulate or maneuver, pivot, that things happen. And then over the phone, when you, when it's just you praying that nothing, nothing happened. Hmm. So I just find that interesting, you know, just something to think about. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and let me ask you this. It's really sounds like, from your experience up to this point, he really came across as a man who cares, and and he cares for you, and he wanted to help you. He genuinely was interested in your well-being, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, who you see on the stage and who you see in the videos, as far as like his personality, he's honestly so he's so warming, like warm personality, and he's very kind. Um, absolutely, like he comes off that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so. You know, after that experience, over a you know series of events of me just, I'm in Bible college, so I, I going through the Old Testament to the New, I'm, I'm really studying the scriptures, and things just started to kind of crumble down once I started to learn and really understand the sovereignty of God, which mm-hmm. a lot of the healing, uh, signs and wonders ministry, specifically taught, kind of they don't teach that God's sovereign at least that he's not in control that everything that happens in this world that's not it's not of god all the sickness all the evil and basically we have guaranteed healing and guaranteed you know well not prosperity as far as riches go but you know healthy life that is filled with blessings and that kind of is the foundation of a lot of todd's ministry um it's not really so much the gospel; it's the the power mm-hmm. that's behind it, the the signs that you can perform. So, once I started to learn that God is actually in control, that God is actually sovereign over everything, including suffering, including sickness, as hard as that is to come to grips with, it's biblical. And once that got crumbled down, as far as the foundation of like the signs and wonders theology that I was believing. Everything changed, and I started looking up Todd, you know, Todd White, false teacher on, on YouTube or something. And ironically, your videos were the first one to come up, and same with Pirate Christian Radio. Yeah. Some resources that examined Todd White and some other teachers that I was following, and was shocked to to really go to the scriptures. At first, I was really mad. I mean, Chris from Pirate, I was like, this guy is so unloving. He is just so mean. You know, Todd White's awesome. But then I'm thinking, wait a second. This is not what the Bible says compared to what Todd White's teaching. And ever since then, and it took about a year for me to really come to grips with that truth. And hmm. I would say I really came to came to really knowing and understanding God in a more biblical perspective and basically repented of all the false teaching that I was once involved with. Wow. Well, praise God for that. I, that's why we do what we do, and we're yeah. out, we're out, we're outnumbered like I don't know, you know, a million to one. You know, I, I look at Todd White's videos and all the views that they've had, and all the people making all these positive comments. I mean, we are just barely making a dent in things. However, it is encouraging to know that if somebody is it's in some way curious and they type in Todd White false. They'll find some of my stuff and some other people, and some of it's better than others, but 
the, the information yeah. is there basically, you know, and that's where the internet has really been a good thing. It's like, uh, I've been saying for a while now, it almost feels like we're in a second Reformation period. The first Reformation benefited from the printing press. And now, you know, uh, we have the Internet. And it's a good thing in some ways, and it's a really bad thing in other ways. But that good thing is a really good thing. So I'm glad you found me. And you um, you just fell in love with Steve Koza right away, right, as soon as you read my first article. Yes, absolutely. No, I thought you were – again, I thought you were just this – mean unloving person i'm like how could this guy be so sarcastic in such an unloving way but you know i think i think you like we talked one time i think part of that the satire as you would maybe call it be just that it's it gets people uncomfortable and it makes them possibly frustrated enough for them to actually go read their bibles right. and to compare things and that's what happened with me yeah and that's, happened with a few others that i know you know that's what um and I'm still trying to figure this stuff out. You know, I, I admit that there are times I probably said things I should have or I could have said things better. But if we treat a, a really false teacher as if he's our brother in Christ and you are so gentle, basically I think people ignore what it is you're saying. Well, that's just his opinion. And, I, you know, it's not that big of a deal. So you have to kind of jolt yeah. people to kind of make them go, whoa. If that's true, a lot of what I believe is also wrong. You know, I got to I got to really go back to square one here. And I know for Chris, he has said over and over again that he knows he gets people mad. He knows that people go to their Bibles and try to prove him wrong. They go to their dusty Bible that hasn't been cracked open in two years to try to prove him wrong. He's like, great. <laughs> I'm, you yeah. know, I did my job. I got you so many. You know, he doesn't have any concern for being popular. Um, which is right. which is the absolute opposite of Todd White. He you could tell he just loves an audience. He loves being popular. He loves it when he's the center of attention. Yeah, and, and, and that's the that was the major red like the first red flag for me was when I, when I listened to his podcast and his sermons that he would always for he you know, he preaches for so long and most of it is about himself, his life, his testimonies, his stories. His testimony that he's repeated a million times. Yeah. And it's, it's not speaking from the Bible. It's speaking from the book of Todd, so to speak. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, to, um, to I guess, cut him a little slack, that's what everybody in that movement does. They all do this. Yeah. It's so normal yeah. that, you know, I, I um, one of the things that really concerns me is that the New Apostolic Reformation as a movement, whether you want to use that word or some other word, like just to kind of the general term of the hyper-charismatic term, uh, the the people that are in your age group, and you're in your mid-20s, anybody like 30 years and younger, if they've only known that movement, that's all they know. They think that is Christianity. So a guy like me sounds like we're really coming out of left field when, in fact, you know, we're just kind of trying to bring people back to normal biblical, you know, Protestant Christianity that goes back to the period of the Reformation, and before that, it goes back to the period of the foundation of the church with the the initial first three centuries of the church when the doctrine was established through the the canon of Scripture. That's really what we believe, and um, it's really hard to peel back all the layers to get people to see that because all they know is what they know. Yeah, and yeah. and so yeah, you you um you're like totally sucked in to a, a group of ideas, and it. It's by the grace of God that you started to see through some of those things. 
right? I mean, that's some some good teaching. How did the I don't even know the story exactly, but I have a I know a little bit of the American Gospel movie. What role did that play in this whole thing? Yeah, so again, in my attempt to research and, and discover what truth actually is, I was just randomly looking up podcasts. And I just typed in Todd White Falls and came across this. I don't even know what the podcast was. It was very small, but they mentioned this new movie that just came out called American Gospel. And I had went to my computer later that night and rented the movie and basically was just floored. I, I thought this is the, the best resource hmm. to articulate the problem that is going on in the church today, specifically in America. And I thought I did such a beautiful job of basically rebuking false teachers in a loving way, but in an honest way and examining truth versus falsehood mm-hmm. in a lot of these teachers. And, you know, one of those teachers was Todd White and I had viewed the movie first back in uh, November, and I knew that I was going to see Todd again through some connections and events that um, I had lined up in February. So I had reached out to Brandon, the director of the film, and basically said, hey, I I know Ty White personally and uh, really would love to get this film uh, in his hands personally. And so him and I talked for quite a while and ended up coming to the conclusion that we would uh, – he would send me a copy as well as a letter from Kosti Hinn, who's in the film and is Benny Hinn's nephew. Right. And I thought, oh, this is going to be – this is going to be great because I feel he gets he gets a lot of rebuke from maybe people who don't do it in such a loving way or you know, kind of aggressive way, but – I thought maybe he knows me, so right. we it's can personal. Be, this, this is yeah, this is not, this personal. is this is not just some guy on the internet. This is a, a guy who actually has a relationship with him. So yeah, that would that would be really encouraging. It would seem. Yeah, I, you know, and I got to read the letter from Costi to Todd, and I again just thought it was just a really loving, beautiful, elegant way to reach out to him, and so. Um, I kind of prepared for that, and back in a few months ago in February, I had gotten, got to see him in person and asked him if, hey, man, can we meet in person later tonight to talk over some things, and got to get him in a in a corner of the hotel room, and we chatted and told him that I had this, I had a gift for him. I pulled out the DVD of American Gospel uh, along with Costi's letter, and I said, I asked him if he's ever seen the film, and he said no, which is kind of – his story changed because later in the conversation, he, he did say he's heard the film. People have been wanting to watch it, so it was kind of – that was kind of weird. But after I gave him the film, I, I said, you know, I'm, if I'm honest with you, you're mentioned in this film, and he's like, oh, like in a bad way? I said, yeah, they they challenge a lot of the things that you teach, and mm-hmm. – I told him that you know me, and I, I've been very inspired by your teachings, but I've come to realize that a lot of what you teach is unbiblical, hmm. to say the least. And uh, basically, he asked me what, and we didn't get into too much detail, but I specifically brought up 
how his teaching on the sovereignty of God is not biblical at all. And I brought up some scriptures to uh, defend that stance and also talked about how he basically denies Christ's deity and that Christ was, how would you describe that, Steve? He, he preaches that he, that Christ is, wasn't born as God, but born as a man. Right. He, he uh, overemphasizes that Jesus did everything as a man. This is kind of the New Apostolic Reformation, uh, one of their foundational beliefs. Yeah, and and, yeah, and yeah. I, you know, they don't say this because they necessarily want to uh, bring Christ down. It's because they really want to bring others up, and so they see that. Exactly. Yeah. Once you once you let everybody know that Jesus was just a man, and he he had completely left all of his godhood aside. This teaching, it's a it's a very difficult to understand teaching because he basically says two different things that kind of are the opposites, and he says them right alongside of each other. And one is that Jesus did everything as a man. He wasn't God. He set aside his godhood. And that comes from Philippians, which is just one really small facet of how we understand Christ's ministry on earth. But they really emphasize that. And then the idea is once you realize that Jesus just was empowered by God to to do all these miracles, now you have access to that same power. You just have to be... Whatever you got to understand it good enough. You have to uh, ask for it with enough sincerity. You have to go to the right meeting to get the right anointing. But the ultimate goal for them is to tell you that you can be basically like Jesus. Not that you're going to become God per se, although it does move in that direction. You know, theologically, it's really moving dangerously close to that direction. They would never say that, and they don't. They don't believe that. And then if you if you ever criticize them on that, they say, No, no, I I believe Jesus was God the whole time. Okay, well, you just said that he wasn't. So yeah. it's not a good teaching. And it, and it never really convinces anybody a whole lot very much, um, unfortunately, because, you know, we've made videos and written articles about it. And it's it's a, it's a really important issue. But for most people, they just figure, you know, oh, that's theology. You know, nobody really needs to understand theology. The important thing is that he's helping people, you know. The important thing is that he's going out there and he's doing it. What are you doing? That's what it always comes yeah. down to. It, that's exactly right. And the fact that if God, if Christ was just a man living in right relationship, we can be just as sinless as he is, or right. just as holy as he is, which Todd, though he doesn't say he's sinless, he basically says that he is. I know. He's never violated his conscience. He's never looked with lust. He's, yeah. he's lived in the right position for however long. It's 14 years, 13 years. And... um that's just uh, that really bothers me to to see people flock to him and him brag about his holiness, to brag mm-hmm. about what he's done. He uses his own life to convict others to live more like him or more like Jesus. Even though you know his ministry is called Lifestyle Christianity, it's based off the lifestyle that he he lives. All right, we're going to pause the interview right there. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash pirate Christian. Follow me on Twitter, my name there, at pirate Christian. Quick break, when we come back, the balance of this interview between Stephen Kozar of the Messed Up Church and Trevor Parmentier. And you don't want to miss it. We'll be right back.
Peter, James, John, and Paul are all dead. That means there are no living apostles in the church today. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. I've had enough of this sissy, pansy, cunning, photo-written music you have the audacity to call worship. Men, put this entire girly praise band in the boo box. Let's wheel in the organ and get some real worship music underway. Ye be listening to Pirate Christian Radio. presents Church Day Select. Okay then, uh, Mr. Haas. The results of the test have come back. What are they, Doc? Uh, not good. That's what. What do you mean? What's wrong with me? Where do you want me to start? Is that all mine? That and the seven other stacks of paperwork just like it. Oh, dear. Oh, dear indeed. I guess we can start off with the good news. Okay. You don't have cancer. Oh, thank God. Funny that you'd say that. Why? Now, don't get ahead of yourself. As I said before, you don't have cancer. And that's about it for the good news. Uh, Moving on. This here is an x-ray of your esophagus and your stomach. Wait! What are those? Please, try to stay calm while I explain the prognosis. What? For the sake of contrast, I've included the same type of x-ray from a healthy patient. Oh, no. Oh, no, indeed. Now, I've seen my fair share of cases like these, but nothing is ever compared to what you've got going on. Uh, are those... Yes, those are pentagrams emblazoned on the unprotected skin of your esophagus. Is that the reason For that... your heartburn? Oh, no. Not even close. If you look closely, we've identified this black lump in your stomach as brimstone. That is the cause of your heartburn. And no, Nexium won't fix it. How can this be happening to me? Well, to put it simply... You've contracted a religiously transmitted disease. But how? Well, there are many ways. One of the more common ways is to preach heresy and to openly accept the teaching of the devil and his ways. But, 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 but... Oh, trust me, this is only the tip of the iceberg. Do you know how much sulfur we found in your colon? You found what in my what? Sulfur. You see, it's normal to find in some of the victims of possession. But you were something extraordinary. We found three whole pounds of it in there. Three pounds? Don't even get me started on the pH of your blood, though. Hoo-wee! There was some nasty stuff. Melted right through our equipment when one vial exploded in the centrifuge. Yes, sir. You've got yourself a really nasty religiously transmitted disease. What am I gonna do? For starters, I would stop spewing those lies you pass off as sermons down at your church. 
that should start to alleviate some of the burning sensations. I don't... On that note, I would suggest some good old-fashioned expository teaching because the only thing that's going to fight off this disease is the Word of God. I can't believe what I'm hearing! That's obvious. You certainly won't be able to unless the Father himself draws you. There's got to be an easier way! I gotta ask you, have you considered baptism? What's that got to do with anything? Oh, I don't know. Circumcision of the heart, not done by human hands for the forgiveness of your sins. Ring any bells? You're not being helpful! Well, if you don't want to do any of that, I guess all I can do is fill out your prescriptions. Here you go. What? What's a three-month supply of vision lack supposed to do? Oh, trust me. You're gonna need it. Hi, Chris Rosebro here to talk about our longtime featured advertiser, Cheapo Air. Doesn't matter if you're traveling for business reasons or for pleasure. Doesn't matter if you're traveling within the United States or abroad. Cheapo Air is the place for you to save literally hundreds of dollars on your airfare, hotel rooms, and rental cars. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. On the side of our website, you'll see our ad banners. Look at the ad banner for Cheapo Air and look on it. There's a promo code. Write the promo code down, click on the ad banner, and then book your travel at the Cheapo Air website, and you'll have the opportunity to enter that promo code for additional savings. Again, fightingforthefaith.com. Write down the promo code, click on the ad banner, and save money on your airfare, hotel rooms, and rental cars today. Oi, Captain! We got ourselves a heretic! (laughs) And exactly how do ye know that she be a heretic? She be endorsing the health and wealth heresy. Does he be speaking the truth? Jesus died to make us rich. (laughs) And what exactly do we do with heretics? Oh, we throw them in the boo box. No, no, no. We preach the gospel to them. What if, um, the heretic doesn't repent? Then we throw them in the boo box. (laughs) To err is to heretic. To R is to pirate. Get yourself over to www.piratechristianradio.com forward slash Refermanda and purchase yourself a copy of the game Refermanda and join the fight for the faith today. Warning, listening to Fighting for the Faith could cause you to become supremely dissatisfied with Todd White. And you should. The guy is a complete phony baloney. Just a reminder, Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported radio. That means we depend upon you, your generous gifts, financial contributions, 
in order to continue to bring Fighting for the Faith to into the world. And you can partner with us. It is a partnership. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. When you get there, you'll see our three friendly yellow buttons. One says donate. The other says join our crew. The other says become a patron. When you join our crew, you get to pick your rank in our crew. And rank is based upon your monthly commitment. Lowest rank is Powder Monkey at $9.95 a month. After that, Gunner's made at $24.95 a month. From there, Master Gunner at $49.95 a month. And then Quartermaster, $99.95 a month. Joining our crew is a great way to support us. Of course, if you'd like to make a one-time contribution, click on the Donate button. If you'd like to become a patron on Patreon, click on the Become a Patron button. If you would like to support us the traditional and analog way, you can do so by making your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith and then send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And let me thank you for your support. We truly cannot do what we are doing here without it. All right, here is the balance of our interview today with uh, Stephen Kozar of the Messed Up Church and Trevor Parmentier. Here we go. It, it is amazing because he does say, God has planted this thing in my heart. God wants me to share my heart. God wants me to duplicate, you know, basically myself. I'm I'm really special, and I want everyone else to be as special as I am. Yeah. Which yeah. is, um, I mean, if it were true, we would be dealing with, the, you know, the first time ever that this, this is possible. You know? Yeah. I, That's right. I much rather say I'm a I'm a sinner who's been saved by grace and point to Jesus. That's and that the reason I think anybody can get away with this, not just Todd White, but he just always says, "Oh, I just it's all about Jesus, it's all about Jesus," and then he talks about himself for the next twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. So I I would encourage people who are listening to us right now, and you think we're wrong, just do a count. You know, pay attention. How often does he really talk about Jesus and point to Jesus, or how, how much does he do that in a way that's really just a, a catchphrase, and, and it gives him a, an excuse to talk about himself some more? Because, you know, I've, I've listened to this guy for hours and hours and hours and hours. Yeah. That, and for, well, that, for those of you who don't know, that's why I'm in the movie. I helped do research for the movie. Brandon found my stuff online, and he said, can you help me do some of this research, uh, specifically on Todd White, because you seem to know a lot about him, and so I did even more research about Todd White so that we could be as accurate as possible in this movie. And I helped find some of the clips that we used and all that sort of thing. So, you know, um, there are some things that Todd White says that are true, just like every false teacher. There's no such thing as a false teacher who's 100% false. Otherwise, they wouldn't have an audience. It would be too obvious. And, um, you know, I I think that perhaps Todd White really does believe the stuff he says. I don't know. But let's move on in your story. Because this is where it really gets interesting. I guess we took a tangent there. We're, we're probably pestering the people. Are like, Come on, get to the yeah. point. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I hand him the, the DVD and the letter from Kosti. Um, and he, I told him, Kosti Hinn, you know, Benny is Benny's nephew. And he goes, oh, Kosti, Kosti hates me, man. Kosti hates me. You know, he talks like he's very – very subtle but he's just like costy hates you man he's called me the backstreet boy of the gospel um he said some other things i'm, I'm forgetting what exactly but basically i felt like he's victimizing himself mm-hmm. because costy was in his circle and now he's not and he speaks out against him he brought up todd white brought up uh, john MacArthur as well 
about how these guys like Hostie don't believe in the full gospel, that they deny the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And he, he talked about sensation, um, sensationism and all that. And just it kind of just got a little off. He was just venting for a moment. But I said, I said to Todd, I'm like, Todd, Kosti does not hate you at all. Like, I read the letter. He was so kind. He says he loves you in the letter. He goes, love, love is just a word. I, d- I doubt it, man. He says, I'm never, I'm not going to read the letter. I'm not going to, I'm not going to read the letter from Kosti. And I said, well, we at least consider the letter and at least consider watching the film. And I had to hand it to him to take it, you know, because he wasn't, he was unwilling to, to listen. And, and I said, Todd, like, I th- I think you maybe can hear me say like I'm 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 not even calling you anything right now. I'm I'm challenging you on some things, but I just want you to consider the film. I'm not even telling you that the film's right. I just it was a great resource for me and I wanted to share to see what you think. And that was really the heart of me wanting to reach out to him. It was not to me to bash him over with all the reasons why I think he's false cuz I I do believe he's a false teacher, but I think the most effective way, which I thought was going to be effective, it really wasn't in the end of the day, but for me to reach out to him to say, hey, consider this position, and I want to see what you think. So yeah. he took it. We parted ways, and then 24 hours later, I get a call, and my phone pops up, Todd White, and I, my stomach drops. I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> cool. So I answered the phone, and what happened next really just shook me. I was just shocked. He He – answers the phone and he says Trevor man I just want to I want to thank you bro for bringing me closer to Jesus and at that moment I'm like he watched it you know w- what happened maybe he's you know converted or something like mm-hmm. he sees something now paradigm shift but he quickly went into defense mode and told me how here I am giving him this film that paints him out to be a heretic and a letter written to him telling him that he's a heretic and false and he's repent. And he told me he he basically bragged about how he ripped up Costi's letter, threw in the trash, and then stomped on the DVD and broke it so that no one could ever watch it. And I thought, oh, great, cool. So <laughs> he, he goes on and, and I'll, I'll rewind to the day before when I challenged him on the sovereignty of God. I said, Todd, just from a personal experience of how I came out of this this false teaching that God's not really in control, was I was in in marriage, going through some suffering and going through some troubles, and it was the moment that I realized that God was sovereign even over our deepest struggles. That that's when the healing began, knowing that God never took His hand off our marriage, and and this was something maybe maybe what was happening the suffering was a lack of my faith or my wife's faith or maybe we did something wrong that was that was going on it was a very um very like troubling thought to think maybe maybe i messed this up but to know that god is sovereign over the most you know crazy situations it brings so much healing and it builds your faith hmm. so he took that piece of information and then on our phone call the next day, he, he asked me, he goes, Hey Trevor, does your you said you have you've been having marriage problems in the past. Is your does your wife have a drinking problem? And I I, I was like so taken back by that. I'm like, What are you talking about? No, yeah. not at all. 
he doesn't even know. He's never met my wife. He's, I doubt he even knows her name. And I was like, what are you talking about? I basically, he said that he saw a post online of her drinking. And I'm thinking, was he looking at my wife's Facebook? I'm, I'm so confused. We do have drinks from time to time at dinner, but it's, there's no, that was not the source of anything truth what he was saying. And so once he realized that that wasn't really happening, he said that the reason why I was having marriage um, troubles is because I was watering down the gospel for my wife and that I'm not leading her correctly. And I thought, man, you're kidding me. This is, I, 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 at that moment, I, I cannot believe that this is actually happening. Yeah. And then Todd goes on to express that last night in a dream, God gave him this vision of this house and I was in the house with him and I was with these other sheep telling him to come out of the house and that there was this better way. And you know how those guys, these teachers speak so, they speak in such imagination that I, I, I couldn't even grasp all of the, the lingo that he was talking about. But basically in this dream that God gave him to tell me was at the end of the dream, me and these sheep got destroyed, got lit on fire, and that was confirmation for him to tell me that to for to tell me that God's saying that I'm lost hmm. and that I'm not following the true way. And he went on to share about how I'm a hypocrite. I stand with people who, you know, believe in the in the in the gifts of the spirit and that I'm gonna walk into this new season of suffering and I'm gonna lose my job. Wow. And I thought I just like I, I could even talking about it now, like I I wish I had it recorded because this was something that I never heard this side of Todd. He, he's on stage. He's so kind. He, he goes up to people and say, God loves you, man. You know, you're awesome. You're right. amazing. And then here he is on the phone with someone who doesn't agree with him and he's shooting me to the ground. And well, we, we talked on the phone that, that, I mean, within an hour we were on the phone and you were livid. You were, you were yeah. so excited in a, in, a, in a sense, like I can't believe this is happening, and I was pacing back and forth, and because I I never had anything like that because I've never had any personal contact with him. Mm-hmm. But based on his teaching, based on his theology, I don't trust him, and I never did. I, I you know, I, I um, came to some conclusions about him, and so everything that you were telling me was an absolute confirmation. Yeah, that, likewise. Yeah, th- this is. It's not a good thing when this happens, obviously, but in a way, it's a good thing because now we see what's really going on. He's your buddy when you're on his side and when you challenge him, even in a loving way, you all of a sudden are the enemy. Yeah, yeah. And, and it just is like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of a thing. Yeah, I, I definitely, I do see that and it and it makes me sad. Like I... I remember hanging up the phone. I'm just like so like upset. I'm like this sucks. But at the same time, it is confirmation. There was some, there was some peace about that. Like okay. But one thing I forgot to mention was um, he asked me on the phone. He said, "If someone put a gun to your mouth, would you die for the gospel?" I said, "Todd, absolutely, I would die for the gospel." He says, "I doubt it." And then he keeps going on about you know the season of my life and what's about to happen and. I almost felt very threatened by him over the phone mm-hmm. that he would say something like that. Yeah. He's not speaking from he's not speaking scripture. He's not he's not saying anything biblical. He's just speaking out 
of, I think, you know, some anger. I don't know what he's trying to do. I think he views me as weak. And so he's trying to belittle me to not um, challenge him anymore. Uh, I just also was very bothered by the fact that he's trying to get these, you know, discern these words from God and these visions from God that God wants to share with me. But he gets special revelation from God. And what what am I supposed to do with that? Like, I always, what's the conclusion when someone has a vision? Like, how do you, how do you know that's true? You know, what do you go to? Well, you just have to take their word for it. It's very, it's very confusing. And I can see why people in that movement have, are so like emotional and, and stuck. Mm-hmm. Like if I really believed Todd White was the Todd White of, you know, the, the Michael Jordan of evangelism, I, I would have been so like crushed by what he said. And I would want to repent and get more from what God, from what he's trying to say. So the, the really, that phone call was just, again, confirmation of, everything I thought he was and, and what he's taught. And the crazy, the, the creepiest thing about all of this was over the phone, he was very, very um, angry and defensive. And then I see him in the lobby of the hotel. Actually, I see him in the restaurant of the hotel. And he gives me this huge hug. He said, now that he's in front of his family, in front of other people, he gives me this huge hug and says, man, I love you so much, man. I'm proud of you. And he grabs my face and he puts his forehead to my forehead and he he just looks at me and just is so loving again in front of everyone else. And I, that, that was the really like almost, um, violated almost. Are you kidding me? I I, I couldn't even say anything. And that's what that, I think that's what really angered me because of, and I'm I'm not, I wasn't angry like at him because I, I, I hate him or I think he's a, horrible teacher it was just the deception and i and i felt angry over the fact that people we're talking about probably millions of people who follow todd and they don't they don't see the side of him i feel like the deception and it breaks my heart that people are being deceived by him right and so that is the whole purpose of me sharing sharing this um experience with him and, you know, I, I reached back out to him. I texted him. I said, hey, would you be interested in, in chatting over the phone again to talk more about this vision you had? And he was very unwilling and basically said, you know, I'm blaspheming the Holy Spirit and huh. that I need to repent before God, uh, before Judgment Day. Wow. And kind of just left it at that. I'm going to probably stop uh, reaching out, but just kind of leave it be. Um, I've kind of given him the chance to, like, go over what he was saying but he's very unwilling to talk again so this is me sharing the story i feel like i feel like people do need to come out and discredit him a little bit mm-hmm. challenge him because he's under no authority Just this lifestyle christianity training he has a school his ministry there's no apparent elders or church authority that he's under he's basically the everything you know for his ministry and I think that people need to start to question Todd White. Oh, for sure. I, the the amount of manipulation that he did. I mean, it's like um, a little bit reminds me of like uh, the, the kind of cliche of junior high girls who, you know, once you get on their bad side, 
they just do everything mm-hmm. they can to get back at you. But then when they're in front of people, they act differently because they want to basically maintain their power amongst a certain group of people. I mean, you know, you uh, <laughs> it's very manipulative. It's it's very childish. But yeah, he's 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 all mad at you, and then he's pretending that he's proud of you, and he tells you how much he loves you, and that whole thing of holding your face and pulling close that is uh that's a egomaniac if you know uh, we had a psychologist on who was familiar with this kind of thing they could probably give us you know the um the clinical description of this type of mm-hmm. personality because there is a there is a clinical description of this i'm not familiar enough with it but mm. but man uh thank you for sharing and i know that you are going to be i mean i i'm used to that i actually i Honestly, I'm not really used to it. I still get angry emails and comments from people who tell me how bad I am. And you're probably going to get some of that. And, you know, our goal here is for anybody who's open to really um, comparing anybody's teachings to Scripture, really carefully comparing. You need to know that some of these guys, even though they're really famous and they put on a really great um, front, you know, they have a facade that's really compelling and warm and emotionally powerful doesn't mean that they're telling the truth. It doesn't mean they're preaching correctly. And so like, like I said, you kind of got, you, you know what you're like um, in the wizard of Oz, you know, when Toto pulls the curtain mm-hmm. and Dorothy sees the guys, you know, pulling the, all the, the, the wires and turning the cranks to make the, uh, the big wizard appear what he is. Um, yeah. You know, that's, that's kind of what you went through. And, you know, I really hope that people hearing this are going to think a little bit more. I mean, people who already don't like Todd White, who already see him as a false teacher, this probably won't change much at all because they already felt that way. But, you know, our goal is to help those who are trying to think through all this stuff. And, um, you know, another issue that you brought up that I think is really good is that idea that he really isn't accountable. He he doesn't have any training. He he hasn't gone through any seminary, and he's got this gigantic multi-million dollar ministry. And people like Lauren Cunningham from YWAM are just making him out to be practically the greatest thing since the Apostle Paul. And they're mm-hmm. they're they're giving him the stage all over the world. He's in the biggest conferences, and at the same time, he's fully endorsing Kenneth Copeland and Benny Hinn as his mentors. He's very open about it, and. He refuses to even consider the possibility that there's anything wrong with those guys, and it's it's a weird world where you know the the evangelical mainstream has really veered towards this hyper charismatic word of faith uh, extremism, which just because it's so popular, it isn't seen as extremism anymore. Yeah, well, and, and, I completely agree. And maybe you know stories like this will help people to think about it in a new way. I also wanted to point out that he did something that all these guys do, and that is when you question anything that they do, they say, oh, well, you're just a cessationist. You don't believe there's any healings anymore. You don't believe there's anything going on with the Holy Spirit. You believe in this dead, dry, uh, crusty old religion. Mm-hmm. And, and that is a tactic where you create this false dichotomy between two extremes and one obviously seems much better than the other so it's easy for people to think that your side is correct if you make everybody else appear to be this extreme other side when in fact cessationists still believe that god can heal people 
there, I, I don't know any Christian who says God never heals anybody ever. Mm-hmm. We just say that, well, God is sovereign, and we can ask for God to heal people, and sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he does heal people, and he uses a doctor. And and we should be thankful for, for whatever God does, and we should, at the end of all of that, trust God and uh, serve him no matter what, because we can't tell him what to do. Yeah, and that's basically what he does. He shouts and declares God to do something, you know. It's, it is really um, it's, horrific. It's word of faith teaching. And um, yeah. for those who don't know, uh, word of faith teaching came specifically from a group of people going all the way back to the last century. But Kenneth Hagin was the founder for the most part, although he plagiarized a lot of his ideas. But he's the guy that first said, you are guaranteed, he didn't, he's not the first person to say this, but he kind of packaged it all together. And he said that you are guaranteed healing and prosperity because of what Jesus did on the cross. And he also um, talked about the power of your words, that you can speak things into into existence, although he did clarify a bit and say you can speak things into existence if they're in accordance with God's word. That's turned into this almost witchcraft thing where you can just make anything happen if you want it bad enough and you speak it firmly enough Mm -hmm. and you say, in Jesus' name, I declare... Yeah. Which is really offensive. But again, if, if people have only heard this, that's all they know. They think this is Christianity. And so, um, you know, I've done a bunch of articles about this. Chris Roseborough has done a bunch of um, uh, various videos and podcasts about this. Uh, the Messed Up Church, I have a ton of resources about the Word of Faith movement. I have the Todd White Cornucopia of False Teaching, which has a lot of resources. I have a lot of resources about... Um, the New Apostolic Reformation, which is basically just the newer, newer version of the Word of Faith movement. Uh, Bill Johnson and Bethel Church are the most famous people who are, are teaching New Apostolic Reformation. But Todd White is right in the middle of all that stuff. And um, he doesn't have ideas that come directly from the Bible. And he says he does. Um, but then he does mention that in, in his video with Kenneth Copeland, he says, oh, yeah, I love your books. I read both your books, uh, The uh, Laws of Prosperity and The Blessing of the Lord. But then on other occasions, he says, I don't read any books except the Bible. That's all I read, just the Bible. And then he's he's standing there with Kenneth Copeland. So you know where he gets his teaching. He gets it from Kenneth Copeland and the Word of Faith movement. And that, that stuff has been refuted by really good biblical scholars over the years, but they're not popular, you know. They're not uh, out there making as many videos, and they're not you know, flashy, and um, it's really frustrating for me. So, you know, when a regular guy like you has an experience like this, um, I I hope it leads people to do some more homework on their own, you know. But maybe you're going to give people a jolt jolt in the pants to say, wow, I I need to study this a little bit more. Maybe I'm missing something because I, you know, I I used to think Todd White was great, but now I got to think about this a little bit more. That's, That's how the Holy Spirit works, you know. He does kind of put this thing in the back of your mind where you're kind of saying, ah, something feels wrong here. Something's something not quite right, right? That was your experience, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's not based – now, I believed Todd to be false before I had this kind of interesting experience with him. It was uh, not – this how I feel towards him as a teacher is not based off his reaction towards me. It's based off what he's teaching 
and the whole movement. And that's exactly what it was. Just feeling like something does not, this is, doesn't line up. And that's all I, I would ask for people who are influenced and following certain teachers and certain ministries to start examining the word mm-hmm. for what it is and not, and, and not to put their own interpretation on it, but reading the scriptures for what it is. And so. You know, another thing that I I should bring up is that not only does he teach the word of faith, New Apostolic Reformation slash, you know, those two things are kind of the same. Uh, There was a very specific movement, and I always bring this up with people because I don't know. I love history. But there was a movement called the New Order of the Latter Rain Movement, and it happened in the late 40s. The most popular preacher to come out of that was William Branham. And one of the specific teachings was called the Manifested Sons of God Doctrine, where they, there was a little bit of this in the early Pentecostal movement in the uh, early part of the 20th century, but it really kind of came to full fruition in the, the New Order of the Latter Rain movement. And it was teaching that there are going to be, or there are new apostles and prophets in the world today. Uh, we have this new five-fold ministry that's now active again. And we have these uh, manifested sons of God who are these super Christians who aren't going to struggle like Christians used to struggle in the past. And because they're so holy, they're going to go out into the world and just kind of conquer stuff. You know, they're going to heal people everywhere. They're going to be fearless. And so that's what Todd White is teaching. He says it's just the Bible, but he actually has been influenced by those guys. And the New Order of the Latter Rain movement was actually... Uh, it was put down by the um, Assemblies of God denomination. The biggest Pentecostal denomination in the world actually was speaking against it and writing against it in their position papers. And that teaching sort of went underground. It never went away, but it reemerged largely in the 1980s through the Kansas City Prophets, which turned into the International House of Prayer, and through Randy Clark and the Toronto Blessing and in Bethel Church. So all these ideas come from someplace. They don't just come from the Bible. That's why if you really search your Bible and try to find some of the things that Todd teaches, you won't really find them. You might find the verses that he refers to, and you'll look at that verse and you're like, well, it doesn't really say what he says it says. Where, how does he get that? You know, and because he's he's following certain teachers. You know, I, I don't know. Uh, he hasn't given us all those details and all of his storytelling, but he has told us about... Kenneth Copeland, Benny Hinn, and then his mentor was Dan Moeller. That's the guy that kind of mentored him one-on-one. Yeah. And Dan Moeller teaches the same stuff. So these ideas are not good ideas. There's some truth in everybody's false teaching. You know, they do mention Jesus. They do mention the Bible. I, You know, Todd White says, oh, man, you got to read your Bible. He says it all the time. Mm-hmm. I wish he would just stand up there and read the whole thing, you know, instead of just taking a verse or two and then telling a long story. But, you know, that's kind of what people are used to. Yeah. yeah. Well, so in retracing this whole thing, you you would say that you had kind of a nagging in the back of your mind. And that combined with some of the Bible school teaching that you were going through, that really pushed those nagging ideas to the forefront a bit. Is that kind of how it happened? And then the, the movie helped even more? Yeah, absolutely. The really just... I remember reading through, I don't even know what I was reading through. It's probably be uh, Pharaoh, you know, just reading that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Hmm. And I'm thinking, man, God is ordaining 
certain things, weaving everything together for his good, not for what we declare, not for what we want, but for his glory, for his purposes. Hmm. And I thought, could it be, could it actually be that the the evil that happens in our lives, that God has a purpose behind it? Where we're not going to point the finger and say, you know, God's evil, but that he's sovereign over it all. And I know Todd even talks about he uses Job to basically uh, defend the position that it's all Satan's work, but it's God who literally allowed Satan to put the most grueling uh, evil and suffering onto Job's life. Mm-hmm. So it's again, it's it's so tricky. You really have to read in between the lines of what the what Todd and other teachers are saying because it sounds so right. Mm-hmm. And and if you're not paying attention, you're going to fall for it. Yeah. And you know, I'm still learning. This is not me coming to this conclusion that I I know everything, but I think when you open your Bible, you you will really start to see that a lot of the word of faith, NAR, all of that, that it is manipulated and twisted. Everything that they teach from Scripture, hmm. and that there is truth, like you say. That's the hard part. Like false teachers are not devils with pitchforks they are not not they're not even any more of these flashy suits and and driving planes although there are some still but it's the cool it's the cool tatted you know dreadlocks you know great media platforms it's so hard to discern because they look they look so welcoming they look so cool they look so great and they're so loving too you know and so it it, it really requires the study of scripture and just put a mirror up. That's like that's what American Gospel did for me. It was just it really was a tool for me to to hear what they say and then what the Bible has to say. Hmm. And when you do that, it's clear that a lot like these teachers are are not teaching biblical teaching. There's a there's a really great uh, like a um, an analytical tool, I guess, that Martin Luther came up with called "There's a Theology of." glory and there's a theology of the cross and true christians who really study the bible should be theologians of the cross that we see in our lives that we are to be servants that we are to accept suffering at times we are to not expect great and mighty things to come necessarily from our lives although if god does bless us with maybe prosperity or maybe some influence that's wonderful but we should not expect it, or, and we certainly should never demand it. That would be the theology of glory. And Todd White is kind of the poster boy for the theology of glory. And I'm guessing he's never heard that phrase before because he's never you know, learned from those sources. And the whole Word of Faith NAR world is the theology of glory. And it does sound good for a while, but it eventually it wears you out. It confuses you because... If you're really honest with yourself, you're not seeing all these great things happen like these guys on stage say are happening. And in many cases, people lose their faith completely because of that. They say, you know, it's happening for the guy on stage. You know, he's having all this success, and I'm not having any of it. I've got nothing but trouble. But the theology of the cross says, yeah, we are to expect trouble. You're a good, <laughs> you're probably a, a pretty normal Christian if you have trouble in your lives. You know, uh, we're not given power to overcome Every obstacle in this life, the real thing that Jesus did on the cross that we can be absolutely sure of is that he died to forgive our sins. He didn't die on the cross so that we could have a great destiny and have all of our dreams come true and go out and be mighty conquerors. That's just 
as well again that's the theology of glory and so anyway i i thought i'd throw that in there it's a nice little tool that i learned some years ago that's helped me to think through when i hear somebody speaking i'm like oh man this guy's teaching the theology of glory it's all about us and all the great stuff we're going to do and it's nice again it's nice when we do have some success certainly not against that but what happens when you don't yeah. What happens absolutely. when you do when you have struggles? You know, that's when Jesus is basically he's mad at you because you're not doing your part. You're not as good as he is. You're not as good as Todd White is. And man, I, that's kind of where my biggest frustration is. When I did the Todd White cornucopia of false teaching, you know, there's a lot of things I could have emphasized, but I really wanted to emphasize that he sets himself up as the guy who's doing everything right, and you just need to do everything that he's teaching, and then you can have the kind of success that he's having you know and do we really know what kind of success he's having really no we don't we're just hearing him talk about all the success you know we we see these little videos and but behind the scenes we have no idea what's really going on but it does create this uh, initial sense of wow this guy's doing it now i get to do it I've, I've learned the secret i went to his seminar or i watched a bunch of his videos and at some point down the road you're going man I, i'm not doing it right how come I can't be as good as Todd White? Well, Todd White is not as good as he pretends to be. That's my guess. I think it's a pretty good guess. And you're not supposed to be the greatest Christian ever. That's why Jesus died on the cross, because you're in need of a Savior. You're not in need of some guy who's going to teach you how to be exactly like he is. You know, that's not good news, ultimately. Yeah, that's the, that's what went through my head a lot of times when I would be struggling with something. I would think, man, how could Todd get why because i'd listen to his teaching almost every day and i would compare myself to todd and i would honestly ask the question what would todd do like why why am why can todd never have a bad day never be offended never never sin and why am i why am i still why am i still not on on his level Mm -hmm. and that's the danger is you start to look to to these types of teachers and you don't look to christ to be your savior you're looking somewhere else at someone else and i've seen it in the youtube comments there's you know 40 comments that say todd white is awesome i love you todd white todd white's the real deal and then there's one person who makes a comment like i must be doing something wrong because i've been trying these things for the last two years and all i do is keep sinning Mm -hmm. and those are the people that really need to hear that todd white is not your savior todd white is not the guy you should be listening to you should be reading your Bible, and you should be assured of your salvation through what Christ has done. And you should be at peace with God because of what Christ has done. You shouldn't be striving to try to be this perfect, sinless, super-Christian, because it ain't going to happen. And that's good news. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, let's end on that. I, I am so glad that we had this talk, and I'm so glad that you came forward. And um, maybe something will happen down the road, and we'll want to talk about some further developments. But for now, Trevor, you've been a real blessing and I really appreciate hearing your side of the story. And Lord willing, this is going to be a really good thing, even though it's kind of awkward and painful at the moment. And I know you're probably going to get some blowback from this, but uh, we'll be praying for you, you know. I think um, anybody who's at the forefront, it's uh, you're kind of putting yourself out there. And, and uh, you know, you're uh, likely to be attacked in one way or the other because you're, you're getting into uh, the enemy's territory in a way. And I know I know everybody says that, but it's <laughs> I think it's really true in a situation like this. So God bless you, and let's talk again soon. All right, thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. So what'd you think? 
Love to get your feedback. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you could do so. My email address is talkback at fightingforthefaith.com. Or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash pirate Christian. Follow me on Twitter. My name there, at pirate Christian. Till tomorrow, 